This podcast is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, award-winning wealth managers who go above and beyond to support and guide you. Visit candowealth.com to start building your wealth with confidence. Welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Cindy Yu and I'm joined by James Forsyth and Isabel Hardman. So Isabel, there are quite a few things happening in the House of Commons today and most of them are surrounding the second job slash Tory Slee scandal that is in its maybe second or third week of running now, um, unfortunately still being talked about um, thanks to Labour. So, so tell, tell us what's going on and why the government is on the back foot today. Well, it's interesting you say thanks to Labour because I think it actually is is more thanks to Boris Johnson managing to dig a deeper and deeper hole every time he thinks he's closing this issue off. So obviously we've had a a slew of stories, starting with Owen Paterson's case and then moving out very quickly to MPs' second jobs and the appropriateness or otherwise of these outside earnings. And this week Labour was basically trying to, I think keep the flame burning on this because the weekend papers didn't bring new particularly damaging allegations there there were a few smaller stories but um, Labour had an opposition day uh, debate planned for today where they would be calling for an end to most second jobs yesterday Keir Starmer was outlining his proposals on this in the middle of the press conference that he was giving Boris Johnson released a letter to the speaker with his proposals for ending the sort of second jobs that he felt were not benefiting voters now the problem with this was that the proposals were so vague they could have meant nothing or anything and so there's been a round of confusing broadcast interviews given by the International Trade Secretary, Anne-Marie Trevelyan, who was uh, musing on various different outlets that maybe 20 hours a week would be appropriate (laughs) for an MP to do an extra job, which is, you know, like two days, or maybe just eight hours. And uh, it just underlined that Boris Johnson hadn't thought these proposals through, which has really upset Conservative MPs on both sides of this divide. Because on the one side, you've got the MPs who are about to take a a massive drop in their income because uh, they think that the implications of these new rules that the Prime Minister is proposing will be that their consultancies are banned. On the other hand, you've got marginal seat MPs in particular, red wall MPs, who wouldn't dream of working that many extra hours per week on something outside of Parliament because they are just so busy trying to keep their seats, trying to maintain their profiles. And so they're really angry with their colleagues on this. And thus the row has blown up again. It was always going to be awkward, but Boris Johnson made it even worse (laughs) again today at Prime Minister's Questions when he was asked about it by Sir Keir Starmer. And we'll talk about that, I'm sure, in more detail in this podcast. But Every time there is an opportunity to try to dampen things down, Boris Johnson does the complete opposite and has got into a situation now where whatever he does, his party is going to be angry with him. And the salience, uh, the prevalence of of all these discussions about second jobs just goes up and up. James, let's talk about Prime Minister's questions then. You guys have just come from there. What was that like? Did Keir Starmer land a blow? I think it was a very ugly session. Boris Johnson... I, I think in scandals like this, the safest place for a prime minister is, is to get onto the high ground, to start saying, well, look, the Commission on Standards in Public Life has recommended this, that. Instead, Boris Johnson thought today, 
he had this idea that he was going to go after go after Keir Starmer about his work for right. Mishkondorea, and he thought he had this joke about misconduct by <laughs> Keir Starmer, <laughs> which. The speaker then said, you can't say that because you can't say misconduct. He then got to say, oh, no, I didn't say that. I said misconduct. And it ju- I just think it, it, it ill-behoved him. And I don't think it worked in that the speaker told him to sit down, that, you know, this was his house. You know, you might be the prime minister, but this is the House of Commons and here I'm in charge. I, I thought it was a bad session for Boris Johnson because I, I think getting into a mudslinging contest when you're the prime minister is, is, is not a wise idea. And I think that the public have a kind of feeling, you know, the public kind of don't like this stuff and want it sorted out. And so I think to look like you're kind of reveling in the kind of parliamentary argy bargy over it is is not wise but it also illustrates how you know we are now i mean it is worth reflecting we are now two weeks into this if owen patterson had simply been suspended he would be halfway through his month-long suspension yeah. and and still an mp they, and they have managed to drag this out and as isabel says i i think these current proposals are very vague i mean what what is political consultancy as opposed to consultancy and also this reasonable point I think that the point Isabel raises is true I mean one of the worries that lots of MPs have is that if you define that it's reasonable for an MP to do say 10 or 15 hours of outside work constituents will assume that all MPs are doing 10 or 15 hours of outside work when they're not and that will cause tension you know Boris Johnson is meant to be going to the 922 committee of Tory MPs tonight and I think judging from the from the Tory MPs I've spoken to from the older intakes I think he will get a pretty tough time over this I mean there is a feeling and I know I, I keep coming back to this analogy but I think it's relevant when Cameron was meeting out some tough justice during expenses people didn't like it and it caused a lot of resentment there was a sense you know it's all right for you you can afford to to pay money back, but we can't kind of thing. But people also kind of knew that David Cameron hadn't caused the expenses scandal more than any of the rest of them have. I mean, there is particular anger here because if, if Boris Johnson had just sidestepped this elephant trap of trying to stay Owen Patterson's guilty verdict, that none of this would be happening. I really do not think that we would be into the second week of the fortnight of these kind of stories. Yeah. And Isabel, just on that second jobs point, how do MPs who work as GPs or doctors, for example, manage it? Because presumably those are also pretty much full-time jobs, one would hope. Um, so how, how do these you know, less problematic jobs but that do exist, how, how do they work? The jobs that people like yeah. as opposed to the <laughs> naughty jobs. Yes, so most of these MPs do, say, a few hours of a shift in A&E, for instance. So they do a, you know, a couple of shifts every fortnight or they hold a, uh, they're a part of a GP practice where they hold maybe a morning surgery on a Friday or something like that. It's it's partly the justification that a lot of them have is that it's very hard to get back in to practicing medicine if you take a significant period of time out. And so uh, for them, it's about maintaining their um, GMC registration and so on. And the public tend to like MPs being doctors because they tend to like doctors so they sort of you know it boosts MPs standing and you could argue that it also does inform parliamentary debates as well and a point that I think reasonably being made by ministers who are defending the government is that 
a lot of MPs have second jobs that we're all perfectly happy for them to have because they're ministers. And so they are not performing their role as a constituency MP 100% of the time because they're in a government department. And uh, they're not even, you know, going out and scrutinising legislation because they're in a government department that's producing it. Now, unless we're proposing a separation of powers, which I know both James and I are quite sympathetic to, that that's always going to continue. So we do have an acceptance that... Even if an MP's job isn't part-time, it is certainly flexible in how much you can pour into it and how much you can can put to one side because you're doing something else that is a good job, whether it's a minister or a very good doctor. Mm. And James, where does this go next? I mean, we've talked on on this podcast, I think, like a week ago (laughs) about when this will stop. But it does seem like every day some kind of new victim of the sleaze scandal or rather perpetrator of perceived sleaze is drawn out right right now as we're recording Angela Rayner is questioning Gillian Keegan the, the government minister on Lord Bethel a former health minister's involvement with Randolph's and Owen Patterson when is it ever going to stop if Labour keeps up the pressure or Boris keeps them um, misstepping I find it hard to see when it does stop in that I would be surprised if you could reach the house is meant to reach agreement on on new rules because you know the house common sets its own rules rather than the government setting rules for it. I think getting cross party agreement will be very difficult in the current political environment. And so I think this row will continue for some time. I also think that you know from labor's point of view you know you want to keep this row going so rather than signing off on a new setup of this and I think so I think this, this, I think this has the potential to run and run, and I think it is just a reminder of what a mistake they made when they they opened up this whole issue by get, getting into the kind of trying to stay the the, the, the guilty verdict against Joan Patterson. I think I think one of the only things that could bring it to an end would be if there was a perception it wasn't just hurting the government; it was hurting all parties, and therefore the you know, they needed to sort it out, which is essentially what happened with expenses was mm. expenses was doing so much damage to politics that however much David Cameron and Gordon Brown were, were, and they undoubtedly were, were positioning for political advantage during that period, trying to come up with proposals that they thought the other one would find difficult to accept. Ultimately, there was a sense of, oh God, we better sort this before people lose faith in our, our parliamentary system entirely. But I think, that, I think this has quite a long way to run. I also think it has quite a long way to run. I think one of the other dangers for the government, you mentioned the, the, the COVID contracts here, which is if you get a reputation for politics being sleazy, a whole bunch of decisions that were taken in the height of a crisis, people will start to see them in the most negative light. And I mean, that's one of the other reasons why the government is so foolish to have got itself into this position. Well, I'm sure Boris Johnson is not looking forward to that 1922 committee later today. James and Isabel, thanks very much for joining. And remember, if you like what you're hearing on Coffee House Shots, do sign up to the free evening blend email from Isabel. You can find it on spectator.co.uk forward slash blend. Thanks for listening and join us again tomorrow. <laughs>